0: Stay above the fray of the everyday. Uncle Fernando on Bay FM 99.9. Listen to Uncle Fernando on Bay FM 99.9. I have Kate Coxall, a social science graduate and passionate environmentalist who's fourth on the Greens ticket for December's Byron Shire Council election. Great to speak to you, Kate. Great to speak to you too. Look, you're very well known around the traps and you've even been a presenter here at Bay FM. For people who don't know you, tell us a bit about yourself, Kate.
1: Sure, thank you. Uh, I am a mum of one, very proud mum of one. Uh, I have been a mumpreneur since my daughter was one month old, working uh, in different fields uh, such as community services, mental health. Um, I currently work in an Indigenous organisation supporting youth mental health and I am an absolutely passionate forest protector and and climate uh, and social campaigner. Uh, I love to spend my time at the beach or in the forest, and uh, I am doing what I can. I guess my hobby would be uh, activism, I suppose, and and trying to make the world a better place for my little one.
0: So is that why you joined the Greens?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I realised in 2019, when I started to become very active within the Greens, that I could have more effect in a positive way in moving into politics than I could have on my caseload. You know, at the time I was working with clients and, you know, the the most number of people I could be positively affecting their lives was 30 people at a time even though, of course, there's a wonderful flow on effect when you we, when you do work in community services, I wanted to support the community a lot more than I was able to in, in that in that role.
0: So tell us why you want to run for council.
1: Currently, the state of the world is pretty dire. I see not just the devastating effects of climate change and having been a volunteer firefighter myself And lived through the 2019 fires as well as seen the effects of fires for decades. Previously, I do note how concerning things are and so I decided that I wanted to jump on board and see how I could make a difference for the disadvantaged in our community, increase community resilience uh, and ensure that I could bring the the varied skill sets that I have uh, to the community in order to serve the community best to protect our incredible wildlife and the forests and the ocean and and all of the incredible natural spaces in between. And of course, the vibrant, rich, wonderfully diverse community that we have, which is very collaborative and very cooperative. And so for me, that's something that's really important to protect.
0: So what would you want to focus on if you're elected on council?
1: Uh, I guess... I Probably my main focus is community resilience with the impending effects of climate change. So I want to make sure that we have the most resilient and strong community that we possibly can. I'd like to see all the incredible natural spaces that we have, not just protected, but increased. And I would really like to see both young people who grow up here being able to stay here because they've got enough opportunity to be able and and support to be able to stay here, to be able to get homes, to be able to run their own businesses, to be able to get jobs and, and have a great education, as well as for the mothers and the women who are, you know, moving past motherhood into the later stages of their lives, being able to stay in the communities that they have served tirelessly, often in roles that are unpaid. So yeah, these are the things that I'd like to focus on.
0: Look, that all sounds wonderful. Are there particular policies you want to push as a Greens councillor if you get up?
1: Absolutely. I mean, of course, You know, I'm only one cog in a wheel, so I can't make any promises, but the things that I would really be standing for are, um, you know, a lot of environmental policies, things that Increase and protect our biodiversity, for example, being up front and centre. Things like no biomass ever, you know, whatever policies are necessary to reach net zero by 2025 and ideally carbon neutral or negative by 2030. I'd love to see a fully plastic free, uh, single use plastic free Byron Shire wildlife corridors protected and, you know, farmer incentives perhaps for land regeneration, things like making sure Danoon Dam stays wholeheartedly off the table and that there are multiple sustainable water solutions you know, taken up including increased personal storage as one option. Whatever the best science shows, whatever the best practice shows that supports our environment, that is sustainable, that has long-term positive effects, these are the things that I want to be focused on. I also am uh, a dog trainer. I've been a dog trainer and, and uh, dog behaviorist for almost two decades now and I've noticed that Whilst we talk so much about protecting our incredible wallabies and potaroos and bandicoots and things, we don't actually have fenced dog parks like they do all the way through Queensland. So that's one uh, thing that I think is really important. And I know that the current council has also taken on board. I'd like to see a council of reference group and I would like to see a traditional owner on every reference group through which we are held accountable for all the decisions that we make.
0: Mm. In terms of the whole climate change stuff, do you really think that is a nuts and bolts council, local government issue though?
1: Absolutely. I think that there are issues right the way through between local government, state government, and of course, federal. But without any local government uh, moves and incentives and lobbying, we won't get the solutions that we need. For, you know, our community is incredibly unique. We've got the beautiful national parks up in, in you know uh, Upper Wilsons Creek, Kewenbrook, and Wanganui. We've got uh, incredible coastal zones. You know, it's very rich and diverse, and so we need specific solutions that are, are tailored. And I do believe there's a lot that we can do, things like, um, you know, all council buildings having, you know, uh, gone to to renewables, all of those sorts of actions that we can take, education programs that we can give, incentives that we can give um, for people when they're building new homes and properties. You know, we can have, we're, we're kind of on the ground. So, whilst a lot of the initiatives may need to be supported, paid for or brought in by state or federal. I know that we we are the ones on the ground who can actually be encouraging their, their implementation through these means.
0: Mm. Well, let me ask you about your party, your Greens party. We've heard a fair bit about the internal tensions and differences. How's that all going right now?
1: The way that I like to look at it is this. We Uh, the longest-formed pre-selected party. I mean, we went to pre-selection at the end of last year. So we've been working together for a substantial amount of time on this campaign as a team coming together. And, you know, that in itself is unique. And with five very strong critical thinkers, of course, there are going to be opportunities for conflict, whether they are positive or negative. And I feel as though personally what I've witnessed is that we've we've formed, we've come to a norm, and then we've gone through a bit of a storm. Um, and now we're at the other end and we're absolutely ready and and we are performing. You know, we are all focused on group cohesion. We're all focused on positive teamwork and we're all focused on the things that we're really passionate about. I love the fact that we have a team of incredibly passionate, well-educated, incredibly dedicated humans. And we have so many things that we all agree on and that we all share. And so I feel that it's actually really positive Um, we're in a really positive
0: space. You say you've come through the other end. Very recently, there was a a public spat on social media between your number two and your number three candidates, Sarah Anjai and Matt O'Reilly, over a a post that Matt put up that was highly critical of the current council that Sarah Anjai is a part of leading, of course, as deputy mayor. Um, I want to get your honest thoughts on that. It wasn't exactly a, a good look, was it?
1: Look, we as a team um, agreed that that there are better ways to um, approach things for sure. Obviously, Sarah chairing the Biodiversity Committee has so much insight and so much to offer Matt is an incredible researcher and is highly passionate about these these issues. So, what we what we did as a team is we came back together and we said, okay, well, how can we handle this in a better way? It's obviously very challenging um, for Sarah, being you know she's she's our only incumbent on on the team at the moment, um, and she does she has done some incredible things. And so, you know, sitting with a group of people who are all um, you know, chomping at the bit, as it were, ready to go out there and stand strong for these values. You know, while she is obviously practically, um, you know, week in week out working um, in this position, uh, I'm sure has been a challenge. And I applaud her for sticking it out and for being able to bring forth, um, you know, different different pieces, you know, for us to learn from and grow from, and. I think, um, yeah, look, we've we've come up with better processes and better ways to do things.
0: Mm. Were they asked to take down their comments because I, I can't see them up there anymore?
1: Uh, as a team, we decided that that was the best approach. Uh, given the conversations that we'd had internally and that we'd agreed upon, uh, different ways of, of bringing about the changes that we all did agree upon and wanted to see and so we felt that that was the best way forward.
0: Look it was late in July when Matt O'Reilly uh, began what he titled day number one of 120 ways Greens will make Byron Shire a better place. It was well intentioned. Um, his election issue number one was titled wildlife corridors. Um, well he hasn't posted any since. He actually wrote at the time, shortly after putting up that post, I've been attacked really badly in the last 24 hours for staying true to the community issues that uh, made me run in the first place. I've been accused of going negative, attacking other candidates, undermining the Greens brand, having a massive ego, displaying my arrogance and having long hair. Well, the long hair part is true. I am copying a lot of flack for speaking about issues I've spoken about for over five years. There's a lot of pressure on me to stop posting. Kate, uh, he has stopped those posts. Was that a a directive?
1: Um, So we decided as a team that, uh, particularly with two of us in the group who are very strong campaigners and who To understand uh, what is required to, you know, get the message out there in ways that are positive and and that the community can understand. And so uh, coming out with um, negatively focused comments or um, ways of putting forward the information, was not supported, and um, you know for anybody who is a campaigner, they would understand why you know you don 't you don 't tend to lead with a negative um, you lead with the what you can do and and with a positive so uh, Matt is absolutely free to be posting um, about all the incredible research that he's been doing in ways that are positive, um, because that's really what we've decided as as a group and as a team is that while we can learn from history, sitting uh, in the um, you know in the depths of the mistakes and only just sitting there all the time is just not a way. Forward, and so uh, I guess the directive is absolutely go ahead and post, um, but let's do it together as a team and let's do it in ways that actually show the community that we've listened and what we are going to do and and how we're going to serve them.
0: Well, Matt O'Reilly hasn't put one of those posts up again since. A member of the community by the name of Chris Cooney wrote public statements from all green candidates as a team, is my suggestion. You've taken up that suggestion by the sounds of things. Uh, Well, I had a look and uh, since then there've been no posts from Matt, as I said. There've been no joint statements or media releases from the Greens and the election is just around the corner. Can I ask you a question that's on a lot of people's lips? Where is your leader Duncan Day? who's number one on your ticket and your mayoral candidate. He's certainly been keeping a very low profile.
1: So as I I mentioned previously, given that we have actually been campaigning longer than any team uh, currently standing for the 2021 election, we decided when the election was postponed, also with such reports such as the IPCC report coming out and all of us being active, Um, within the Greens in different ways and and within the community um, on different levels with the lockdowns that have occurred. We did decide to pause for a moment, take a breath and um, reform uh, as of this month. So, you know, I think it's fair enough for us to have decided to just take a break um, for a few weeks. Um, In terms of Duncan, you know, Duncan is very active. Uh, he's he's across uh, working groups. He's been doing a lot in regards to the sewer uh, works and the stormwater um, works, you know, as a, as a hydrologist. So he's certainly been very active in the ways that Duncan does best.
0: Well, with respect, Kate, we, we haven't heard from him. We've heard from a lot of the mayoral candidates. They've been putting out media releases. They've been actively trying to, to get media. So that's been a, a Greens... Strategy to for Duncan to be a bit low profile, has it? In terms of media and being out there, invisible.
1: I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a strategy. I would say that we all have different strengths and different ways of interacting with the community, and we do interact with the community in as a team incredibly well. Um, But. yeah, I, I think that what you'll see from the Greens uh, for the next few months now of, of the remaining part of this campaign is a lot more um, focused and present um, information. I mean, Duncan has certainly been um, featured in the Echo regularly, you know, he's he's been writing in and has definitely been contributing to the community in different ways that um, are maybe less less obviously visible.
0: All right. Can I ask you about last year's pre-selection? I've asked all the, all the people involved that have been on this program. I know you're not very keen to talk about it, but a couple of quick questions about that. The pre-selection in which both Michael Lyon and Sarah Njai were overlooked for the leadership. Were you part of the move to, to roll Michael Lyon, which led him to leave the Greens and become an independent
1: uh, as I said to you uh, when we had discussed this previously, I don't have information on any sort of um, concerted effort to make that happen. I know that there were a lot of concerns during that period of time around different decisions that were made, um, you know, local government decisions that were made. And so there were a lot of people who um, acted I suppose, as is their democratic right, it, you know, stepped up or, you know, voted uh, in the ways that they voted. And I think that's the most wonderful thing about being part of the Greens Party is that it really is about, you know, one of our four pillars is grassroots democracy and the um, over 200 members voted in the ways that they voted based on what they really wanted to see and who they wanted to see in leadership. And, uh, you know, I, the the only part that I would say that I played was to be standing as a candidate um, in direct competition however I was at the time um, you know doing some environmental work up in Queensland uh, so I certainly wasn't here and privy to any conversations that may or may not have happened in that way.
0: So were you asked to run?
1: Was I asked to run? No I wasn't asked to run I chose to run.
0: Oh, all right, because you, you certainly were a beneficiary of what happened, even if you weren't part of uh, what happened. But both Michael Lyon and, and Jeanette Martin have spoken on this program about it, and so has Duncan Day. In retrospect, Kate, do you think that the Greens made the best decision by um, electing Duncan Day as your mayoral candidate?
1: I think that, as I just said, that the Greens vote in the way that they vote, and it's an incredibly engaged, activated. Do
0: you think that was the right decision in retrospect?
1: Do I think that that was the right decision? Well, I think that the, the Greens party has a lot more members than just me who have made this decision and I wholeheartedly respect that decision. And I know that Duncan has a lot of history in this community. I know that he's got an incredible uh, mind and, you know, as a as a water engineer and, and somebody who keeps across a lot of the most pressing issues, I think that he makes a great candidate. Yes.
0: Do you think he's the best candidate for the Greens to put up as mayor?
1: I don't think that uh is my comment to make because i it's i'm part of a party i'm not i don't act as an individual and he is the mayoral candidate we have
0: is he seen as a liability kate is that why he's not exactly out and about and and being uh, vocal and putting out statements and commenting on on things
1: Look, I'm not sure where you've heard that, and that's certainly not the way that uh, the local Greens or the campaign team uh, view Duncan know.
0: Do you realistically think that the Greens can get four positions on council again this time round, Kate? Because you're number four candidate, so you would need to get all four back for, for you to get in, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, look. Absolutely, I do. Last time round, we had enough votes to get five. And this time round, you know, we stand by some incredible policies. We are the only party ready to take action on climate and, you know, support our environment in the ways that we do, supporting social uh, equity, you know, and supporting the community in the ways that matter for that community cohesion. Absolutely. I think that... You know the community being as engaged as as they are, understand that it's not we don't just act as self interested um, entities. We act as a team, we act as a group, and we've got an entire state and federal party behind us who give us directions and hold us to account. So I can't imagine that the community would think that it would be a better idea to vote in some you know independents who don't have that level of accountability. Uh, I definitely think that we've got more than a chance of getting uh, four, if not five, of us elected.
0: And what do you say to locals, Kate, who've been watching and hearing, uh, you know, a lot of the infighting and squabbles over the last uh, year or two, and are having second thoughts about voting for the Greens this time around?
1: I would say that when I arrived in the party and was very active in 2019 that I could see that there were some challenges around, you know, how we dealt with different things. But I think that as a local group and as a party, we've grown incredibly in the last few years. And we are ready. We are focused on group cohesion. We are interacting in incredible um, processes, you know, undertaking incredible processes and interacting in ways that are really strong, really solid and we are ready. And I would not um, allow, you know, us to uh, get bogged down in internal conflict to the, the detriment of being able to serve and I don't believe that anybody else on my team would either.
0: And your final pitch, Kate, that was a bit of it. Why should people vote for you and the Greens in the upcoming council election?
1: I am determined. I am empathic. Uh, I am fierce. (laughs) And I have so much to offer as do the incredible greens team and I'm accountable at this time when we really do need to keep our finger on the pulse i come from lived experience of you know a myriad of different things from parenting as a sole parent to you know being to having a social science degree behind me And being a climate and social and environmental activist, I really do have my finger on the pulse and I'm ready to stand in the face of uh, adversity to make the best decisions for our community. And we're ready to listen. We're ready to listen.
0: And you answered all my questions, including some difficult ones. So I really appreciate that. Look, we are in an extended lockdown. It's been a very difficult period for everyone, of course, Kate. I want to go out by asking you about a recent post of yours on social media in which you said, please remember this, be compassionate with one another, recognise we are all doing the best uh, with what we have and people's choices are theirs to make. We must support and encourage each other and also respect people's consent and consideration. Why did you feel the need to write that? And what's your final message for people right now? doing it pretty tough as we are.
1: Yeah, look, we are. And there are different people within our community who are struggling more than others, but everybody is struggling. And what I have noticed is that uh, being trauma-informed is that when people enter into a space of fear, they can act in ways that are not necessarily conducive to uh, community resilience and to being strong together. So, my message was to let people know that if they can just ground on in and be kind to one another and give it, give people you know compassionate benefit for the of the doubt you know that Everybody is doing the best they can in an incredibly dynamic, stressful situation. But when we turn on each other, when we start to become judgmental, when we start to push out at each other, which is quite easy to do when people become isolated, they're sitting behind a computer screen, they're losing um, their capacity for um, all of the incredible things that happen when we interact as social beings in person. So it's really easy to slip into negative habits and negative ways of interacting with each other. And so I really just would love to see this cooperative, beautiful, kind, compassionate community that we have to continue to be one of the strongest in Australia and and the world and um, it just takes grounding in and and being compassionate.
0: Here here it certainly is a time for us to come together and be united, and it is good to hear that the greens are a bit more united these days, according to Kate Coxell. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for speaking to us and all the very best in the upcoming election.
1: Thank you so much for having me.